Welcome to Whitechapel Church Online. You're currently listening to preaching from our Sunday services. We believe that when the preaching happens, that collectively we're hearing the Word of God, and that God's Word has the power to change who we are. We also believe that God can meet you right where you're at, and that He has a Word specifically for you. We hope that you enjoy today's sermon, and we would love to have you at an in-person service. Head over to whitechapelchurch.com to get more info. Enjoy the sermon, and be blessed. When Pastor Michael um, asked me if um, I would want to speak this morning, I initially, immediately said yes, and then after that, I was like, oh, this is going to be quite a busy day, and as we have shared, theme Sundays are difficult for pastors for some reason. Um, I think it's because we're kind of confined to the box of the theme, and, um, and how many times can you recreate a Mother's Day sermon um, in creative ways, and so I was like, oh, Mother's Day is hard, yet it is one of the most fulfilling uh, services for me because of the mother that I had in my life. But we all, the one thing we all have in common, every one of us here today, we all have a mother. We have that in common. Now, we have had different experiences, true. But as I was looking and thinking about mothers, I came across this, and I thought, oh, this is so good. We have to, I have to share this. These are things we've all heard our mothers say, at least one of these, right? So we'll see. They, they taught us so much. They, our mothers teach us about logic. When they say, if you fall off that swing and break your neck, you can't go to the store with me, right? Yeah. And then our mothers have taught us about medicine. If you don't stop crossing your eyes, they're going to freeze that way. How many of you have heard that one? Yeah. They also teach us not to lie or not to, well, let me just read it. What were you thinking Answer me when I talk to you. Don't talk back to me before you even get it out, right? That happened to you? Moms are a wonderful gift. They love us. They discipline us. They teach us how to be an adult because they told us if you don't eat your vegetables, you'll never grow up, right? All the things that our mothers have taught us about genetics, you're going to be just like your father. Or anticipation, Wait till your father gets home. That one holds such special meaning for me because one of my most horrible memories was waiting for my dad to come home. Yes, dad, it was when I burnt down his friend's shed. I was very young. I was playing with matches. And yes, it burned to the ground. It wouldn't have been so bad if he hadn't been an air-conditioned mechanic and the shed hadn't been full of acetylene gas bottles. Kind of added to the drama. We all have memories. We all have those special thoughts. Many of you here today no longer have your mother. Many of you here today still have your mother. For me to believe or for us to think today that we all are perceiving this day in the same way would be unfair. I know There are those here today, because I'm related to one of them, who gave birth to a child on Mother's Day, and um, my sister-in-law, Tammy, giving birth to her firstborn, Tanner, on Mother's Day. I also have friends, and there are people in this church, who have lost their children 
on Mother's Day. And so you can see the range of emotions. Keep not the little one from me. I mean, it's okay. <laughs> There's a range of emotions that we are experiencing in this room today. That I understand. Just, this, just yesterday I was speaking with a, a, a young mother, and it was in regards to something totally different, and she began to share her story about how her son was murdered just a couple of years ago. Well, here we are. So, you want to say hi to all the people? Huh? You say hi, they're all waving at you. Reese had a birthday Friday. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah? Okay. Reese is two, and so Reese, you're going to go with mommy now, because Pops has work to do here. <laughs> Our emo emotions range from both ends of the spectrum. For me, I lost my mother 30 years ago, and every time I have been able to preach on Mother's Day, which is well over 20 times, in honor of her, I always carry her Bible with me because it reminds me. It's a way of honoring. And that's what this day is. It's a day where we are honoring mothers, but even more than that, I want to say to you today that it really is about relationships. In the grand scope of it all, it's all about relationships. Yes, we're going to emphasize our mothers this day, but really it's, it's all about relationships. It's all about what God has done for us. And so as I was preparing for this, this sermon this morning, it was this text, a text I'm going to share in just a minute, found in John chapter 9, that, that really was the one I got stuck on. And, and I really struggle with it because it's not a typical Mother's Day text that we would read. But it's this word that I'm going to focus on today, and it's the word you see on the screen, behold. Behold. When you think about the word behold, there's probably that moment where you recognize that when you hear the word behold in the scripture, it's an unapologetic shout to look. Behold. I think about some of the scriptures in, uh, that we read where we see the word behold. Almost always, whenever an angel appeared, the, it was always with the word behold, an angel appeared. Isaiah in the Old Testament, it was behold Jerusalem. We see Mary when the angel came to her and is going to announce to her that she is going to have a child. Behold appears. The same for her husband Joseph. Behold, an angel appeared to him and your, your pledge to be wife will give birth, yet she will be a virgin. Behold, we see John the Baptist declaring when he sees Jesus, behold, the Lamb of God. At the ascension, we see when Jesus rises and goes into the heavens, the scripture says two men appeared. They were angels. And they said, behold, why do you look up into the heavens? In the same way that he is raising and going up, he will return. Behold, behold. And then we see in the scene of the cross, the word behold is used. And in that word we see Jesus, if you would, shouting, saying, look, 
And so we know at the cross there was Mary, his mother, and two other Marys, his, her sister and, and um, Mary Magdalene. And, and there also at the cross, the scripture says, was the one that Jesus loved, which was John. And this is John's book, and he's writing it, so he didn't use first uh, person in that, but he said the one that Jesus loved. And listen to the words that Jesus said. As he's dying on the cross, he looks down at his mother, and he says, Woman, behold your son. And then he said to the disciple, Behold your mother. That's a pretty moving moment. One that I think in the story of the, of the death and resurrection of Christ is often overlooked because it's kind of packed in with so many other events. Mother, behold your son. And John, behold your mother. We're going to look at that a little deeper this morning. We're going to kind of unpack that some and how I think it relates to our life. Because when you think about it and you recognize it, to behold really is this. It's either to be entrusted to or to be entrusted with or trusted with. All relationships can be summarized in these two categories. You are either entrusted to someone or you entrusted with others, and oftentimes a lot of both. And as we think about that today, and as we think about this when it comes to um, the time of being recognizing moms and, and um, what they've done for us, and perhaps the person in your life who did the most for you wasn't your biological mother, perhaps it was someone else who did that. But regardless, those people in our lives that we were entrusted to, it's obvious for the little ones, the ones that are on the stage and others in this, in this facility today, that they have been entrusted to the parents, that they need those persons to look after them, to care for them. They're too young to do it for themselves. It's interesting because I've, you've heard the phrase, perhaps, I've heard it, is you're once an adult, twice a child. And that is, as we come into this world, we very much are entrusted to others to care for us. And the older that we get, we begin to recognize that, once again, we are entrusted to others as we're not able to do all the things that we once did because we're growing older, because we're experiencing this body that was not created for eternity. Yet, the Scripture tells us that he, he put eternity in the hearts of all of us. And that is that we, we, none of us desire to die, yet we know physically we will experience the death. And so the natural process of that is, is learning to be entrusted to someone. And that's not hard when you're a little child, right? That's not hard. In fact, it's quite natural. You can't do anything for yourself. You need to be fed. You need to be changed. You need to be cared for. But as you grow older, you, you learn to take care of yourself, but you still are entrusted to. And then as we grow and mature, we also recognize that this same responsibility is given to us to be entrusted with others, especially as a parent, but not even just that with friends and family, to be entrusted to. It's special for me to experience this season of life because I, for the past seven years, have got to live right next door to my father and, and to help him 
And not to embarrass him today, but I always try to mow the grass when he's not home because it really bothers him for me to be doing that. But for me, it's, 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 it's um, a moment of I'm so happy that I can give back. He could still ride the mower. I just don't think it's the best thing. Entrusted to is to care for. I remember an occasion when my dad entrusted me in a situation he shouldn't have, and I've never forgotten it. And this was um, my cousin was getting married, and the guy she was marrying had a motorcycle. You remember this one? And he says, you want to go for a ride? I don't even know if you gave him permission or if he did it. Anyway, I climbed on the back of it thinking this is going to be fun. Since that day, I have never, and declare I will never get on the back of a motorcycle because he scared the living daylight out of me. And he was crazy. I mean, literally, he was crazy. He was going way, way too fast. I don't know how fast because my head was buried. And when you take those turns, what you recognize is when you're entrusted to someone, it's in moments where you are not in control of the situation. Either we have chosen it or we have not chosen it. But as we think about Jesus when he's on the cross and, and he's looking down in this moment, he's experienced so much. And he sees his mother. And he gave us in that moment, really, the ultimate example of how we should behold those who we have been entrusted to. Behold, mom, your son. I won't be able to fulfill my responsibility as the firstborn. I won't be here to take care of you. But mom, I'm pledging John to do that. You see, there are moments in life when those who we have been entrusted to, we're not able to always care for them in the way that we want. But the good news is, is we're not alone in the moment. Behold those around who God has put together to help us and to walk with us and to encourage us and to help us and show us, I think, the way that we can be of great help to one another. So we have those that we're trusted to, and then we have those we're entrusted with, right? John, behold your mother. You know, interesting thing as that scripture continued, it said that from that day forward, John took Mary into his home. And John was one of the disciples, and John was, was called to preach the gospel. But if you would study the life of John, you will see that he stays in Jerusalem, we see it in the scripture and different things that occurred. He's in Jerusalem, Mary in his home. And then eventually you see John is in the mission field. Well, we would assume at that point in time that Mary herself had passed on. And so in the moments that we begin to recognize the importance of what we've been entrusted with, I want you to understand this, that to, when one, someone is entrusted to you, it requires agape love. It's love, but it needs to be agape love. And the easiest way to describe agape love is the love that Jesus showed us. But it's unconditional love. Unconditional love. Jesus, in that moment, exemplified unconditional love by giving his life. And isn't that what we do for one another? We care for each other. We give of ourselves 
Sometimes it may feel like a slow, painful death to some of you mothers. I understand that. But it's agape love, and that's the highest form of love. James Dobson, who is the founder of Focus on the Family, I think they've changed names now, but there's a quote here that I think is so fitting for the day. And he said this. He said, it is my view that our society can be no more stable than the foundation of individual family units upon which it rests. Our government, our institutions, our schools, indeed, our way of life are dependent on healthy marriages and loyalty to the vulnerable little children around our feet. If we would name one thing in our country today that is causing the turmoil and the moral decline, it would be the breakdown of the family. He made this quote many years ago. And for us as, as followers of Christ to recognize this morning the responsibility that we have to the little ones. And I love the fact that Pastor Michael said it's not just a parental dedication, but it's a, it's a family dedication. That it takes, you've heard the phrase, it takes a village to raise a child. And as they grow older, it's more people are a part of, of our children's life. And, and we have to entrust our children to their teachers and to caregivers and sending them off to college, a pretty scary moment when you're entrusting them to themselves and, and, and their own thoughts of life. There's all these moments where we entrust, but it takes all of us. And I want to say to you today that it's the church family is such a critical part of support for the family, regardless of whether, what your family looks like. Oftentimes, it's the church family that can pick up the slack. Or it's the church family that can, can step in when we are not able to do it for ourselves, just as Jesus was entrusting John. I think there are moments where we recognize as a church that it's family. No, it's not the same as immediate family. It's not the same in, in many ways. But it wasn't designed to be the same. In the scriptures, we see it all over the place that, that the family of God, the body of Christ, that, that we are to take care of one another. In Ephesians 6, 4, speaking to the parents first, it says, do not exasperate or provoke your children. Instead, bring them up in the training and instruction of the Lord. But when we go beyond just the, the responsibility of the father in 1 Timothy, it tells us this. And this is, this is really Great scripture. It says, do not rebuke an older man. And so now it's speaking to being entrusted to one another. It says, do not rebuke an older man. I hope my kids are listening. Do not rebuke an older man, but encourage him as you would a father. Younger men as brothers. Older women as mothers. Younger women as sisters in all purity. Are you beginning to see the, the picture that Paul is writing in Timothy in this scripture? And then he goes on, he says, honor widows who are truly widows. But if a widow has children or grandchildren, let them first learn to show godliness to their own household and to make some return to their parents, for this is pleasing in the sight of God. And so we see the scripture and we see 
God himself telling us this is what it looks like. That the relationships that we have are so much broader than just the small family unit of a mother, a father, and children, grandparents, great-grandparents, but family and friends and church family. And he gives us an instruction of how we're to care for that. It's the responsibility of the church to care for the widows that truly are widows, which tells me there must have been some debate there. I think really what that means is those who can't care for themselves. So the scripture tells us, but it also says, let the family unit itself first care for them, for it's their obligation. And so it's not to circumvent the honor, responsibility, obligation that it takes. But it's shared among us. It's shared among us. And the scripture continues there, but it says, if anyone does not provide for his relatives, and especially for members of the household, it's very strong words, they have denied their faith and is worse than someone who doesn't believe. Now, as we would think about those we've been trusted with, let's just acknowledge that it's often underappreciated, right? Especially moms. Just underappreciated. A mom wasn't feeling well, and she was upstairs in her bedroom, and the 15-year-old son went up there and saw his mom lying there and said, Mom, what's wrong? She goes, I don't feel well, to which he replied, Don't worry, I'll carry you down the stairs to cook dinner. You know? <laughs> underappreciated, underrecognized. That's part of it. But, you know, it's, we want to be appreciated, but that's not what motivates a mother. That's not what motivates a father. I heard the story about a father who was in his car and they were on a family vacation and his kids uh, were in the car and he was listening to the radio station and it was, must have been talk radio and, and it was um, talking to parents and it said, they said on the radio, if you want your kids to talk to you later in life, you need to talk to them now. And so they weren't, kids weren't listening to the radio. So he, he turned around to his kids and he says, hey, if I talk to you now, will you talk to me later? And he had three sons and they said, yeah, we'll talk to you later. He decided to take it a little further. And he says, well, if I spend time with you now, will you spend time with me later? They said, well, sure, dad, we'll, we'll spend time with you later. He decided to take advantage of them. And he says, well, if I spend my money on you now, will you spend your money on me later? And they said, well, if you need it, we will. And then he went to the ultimate one. He said, if I let you live in my house now, can I live in your house later? <laughs> to which the oldest, who was 16, said, well, Dad, we'll make sure you have a one-bedroom apartment and you can visit from time to time. You see, there's just limits with it, right? But so much of what we receive in life is what we have sown in life. And if you are not sowing into relationships... How can you expect to have relationships sown into you? Agape love is a love that requires us to give and to give in such a fashion that it costs us something. It's sacrificial. 
I remember so many sacrifices that I did not appreciate or recognize at the time in my childhood that my parents made for me. One of the most magnifying ones now was where my mom would sit closest to the stove when we were eating. But where she sat, she couldn't even put her legs under the table because there were cabinet doors there. Never thought much about that. I sat on the other side, pretty comfortable, until I could try to sit on the side where you have to sit sideways to eat. A small thing? She designed the house too, so kind of on her, but nonetheless, (laughs) not real comfortable. We sacrifice for one another. As the Lord would would impress that upon us, we we give of ourselves, we give of our hearts. It's also risky, isn't it? It's risky because we so deeply care. It's risky because we so deeply love. Do not exasperate your child. As I sat with a dear friend this week, as I have for the last three or four years, knowing what today meant for them, her and her husband, who lost a child on Mother's Day. And then as I shared yesterday, just talking with someone casually in a business situation, and they begin to tell their story. In the depth of pain, that this day holds for some. It was, it was eerily upsetting that in both of those situations, their children were murdered. I think the most unnatural thing for a parent is to have to bury a child. But you see, this thing called relationships is risky. You've heard the saying, it is better to have loved than to have never loved at all. But it can be painful. And I want to acknowledge that in this moment, that I know many of you are living and experiencing some pain on a day like this. But I want you to hear the words of Jesus as he would look down upon us today. And I believe his words would be, behold, your heavenly father. Behold, the Lamb of God. I want to close with a personal story. I share it pretty much every Mother's Day and times in between because it was so meaningful in my life. Before I put that slide up, I want to set up, give you the context of the story. It was 1990, and my mother had been diagnosed with cancer. Now the the backdrop to that story is she had been healed of cancer some 30 years, 25 years earlier. Was given six months to live, but was healed. She was having surgery in the land and we were there with her, of course, and somehow or another, I don't know how it quite orchestrated, but there was a moment where it was just me and my mom in the room as she was about to go into surgery. And so we all have experienced moments where we have to deal with our own mortality, right? 
It's not, a, it's not something we wake up in the morning thinking about, but it is something in life that we have to talk about. And I know this is not our typical Mother's Day sermon, but I want you to get the agape love, and I want you to get how when we invest in one another, the effects that it has. It was in that moment she said this to me, and I shared this with family, and my niece, my daughter's sister, had a plaque made. And so as I was there with my mom, she said these words, from where I'm lying, there are only three things in life that matter. God, family, and friends. You see, there's going to become that moment in life where none of the other stuff matters. All the busyness of life, all the responsibilities of life, all the things we want to do, the fun, all the hard times in life, all of those things will not matter. And what will matter is your love for God and the love that you have sown in others that God has put in your life, family and beyond. That's what will matter. And so while in this message this morning I have brought into our minds things that aren't as pleasant to think about, it's the investment, it's that that we leave that I want, to, I want you to take with you today. That we are entrusted to and entrusted with. And I think it would be beneficial for all of us today to meditate on that. Who was I entrusted to and what did that mean? It could be parents, it could be others, it could be both. And who am I entrusted with and how am I doing with that? And I hope it would encourage you with what you're doing, but I also hope it would encourage you to do even more. Because the only thing that matters in life is your love for God, family, and friends, the family of God. And so I leave you with this word. I'm going to pray and then we'll be dismissed. Behold the Lamb of God. If you do not have that relationship, then the others will never be whole. They'll never be full. And so it's with that I encourage you this morning. I'm asking if you would stand with me as we close in prayer. Lord, we thank you today. We thank you for moms and for those who have played mom in our life beyond our real mothers. We thank you, Lord, today that this day has been set aside to honor mothers, recognize all that they do, and Father, we want to do that today. We want to celebrate our mothers. We celebrate the little children as we've dedicated them to you. But Lord, we want to, in this moment, dedicate ourselves and to recognize the words of John the Baptist when he proclaimed who Jesus Christ was with the words, Behold the Lamb of God. And so it is today, Lord, that the first thing that we must behold is who you are, 
recognizing that you desire a personal relationship with each of us. And out of the love that we experience with you and from you, we can love differently because of the way you have loved us with grace, forgiveness, and second and third and fourth and so on, chances. May we love the way we've been loved by you. May we experience your love deeper. And may we behold the relationships that you have placed in our life. And so it is with the grace that you bestow upon us, we say amen in the name of Jesus. Amen, amen. God bless you. Have a wonderful day, and I hope you get to spend time with those you behold. Blessings on you. Thanks for joining us at Whitechapel Church Online. We pray that today's sermon blessed you and that you'll continue to join us as we lean into God's Word together. Until next time, have a great week and be blessed.